Yeah, well, here we are. I just pressed record, and we're talking to Chef Jason Doby. He's been a chef for how long? How long have I been a chef for? Yeah, man. I've been cooking for 25 years, and I've been a head chef for 11 years now. Oh, really? It's quite a long time. What do you uh, what do you like most about cooking and being a chef? What got you into it, actually? Like, what what got you into cooking? Um, my story is a little bit different than most people. Yeah. I uh, I got into cooking uh, when I was fifteen. A, a buddy of mine had a job as a dishwasher. I grew up in Fergus, Ontario, at a restaurant called the Honeycomb Cafe, and. Uh, my buddy had a dishwashing job at this place and he got a job doing construction. So he called me one day and he was like, Hey man, I just got another job. Do you want my job? <laughs> and I was like, sure, I'll try it out. So, uh, I went in and started washing dishes and I've been working in a kitchen ever since. That's cool, man. Right on. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's like everyone else's story too. My story's like, I got into, I first, I got into it by a butchery and then, Met you at the Millcroft Inn so many moons ago. But the yes. uh, the uh, industry has changed quite a bit since you and I were working in it. Yes, it has. Yeah. And it's been a lot, it's a lot different than uh, what it is today. Like today, I think it's a lot more structured, if you will. You could say that, no? Yup. You there? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, it's a lot more structured than what it used to be, to be honest with you. Um, what do you mean it's a lot more structured? Like, it's more of, you know, if you need time off, like, cooks can take time off anytime they want, basically, right? When, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you and I were growing up in it, it was more ingrained into our mind. You had to be there all the time, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally, yeah, the culture has changed big time, mm -hmm. big time. So, and you've worked at plenty of restaurants across southern Ontario, uh, and you're currently working in Niagara right now? Yeah, I'm down in the Niagara area. Right on. Do you, uh, do you still love what you do right now, or no? Uh, yes and no. I do love what I do, but I, you know, I'm at a different point in my life now where I have a family and young kids at home so it's hard to balance uh, you know the hours of being a chef at a busy restaurant especially in the summertime um, so that's been a challenge for me in the last couple of years but I still do love what I do or else I wouldn't be doing it but uh, you know it's definitely a lot different than when I was single and I didn't have kids and I didn't mind working 12 hours a day and and working seven days a week, it didn't really bother me, but that's, uh, you know, my priorities have changed now, so. So do you find it hard, do you find it hard right now having kids and cooking and being a head chef? Oh yeah, totally. What's, what's, uh, what are the problems with it, if you will? Uh, you know, it's a long day, I get up at five or six in the morning, and then I, I do my thing, I spend like an hour to myself and do my thing in the morning and and uh, try to have some quiet time before the kids wake up and then the kids wake up and it's just, 
you know, go, 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 it's nonstop. You make breakfast, get the kids ready for school, get the kids out the door, um, and then when the kids go to school, I usually got to head to work right away, and then, you know, when it's in the summertime when I'm there all day, um, I don't get home until later and the kids are already in bed. Um, you know, so that's challenging when you go for a couple of days and not seeing your kids, especially when they're really young and they're changing really fast because you, you know, you miss a lot of things. You miss, you know, when they start talking and they start walking and doing things like uh, a lot of things happen in a couple of days. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. And your, your wife, your partner, she works in the industry as well, doesn't she? No. Yep. She's a server. She's, uh. She's working at a winery in Niagara. Right on. Uh, she's working, uh, she works like two, three, two, three, four days a week right now. So she just works part time. So oh, it's good, good that she's able to have that flexible schedule and uh, be home to take care of the kids when I'm not able to be home. Yeah. Like, do you find yourself like going somewhere else into the industry as like in the culinary industry, like teaching or? Something. Yeah, right? I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you know what else I can do with the skills that I've learned uh, to try and have a more balanced life. You know, I thought about getting into teaching or getting into sales or you know looking for a creative job where I can uh, you know work sort of Monday to Friday, nine to five, but those jobs are really hard to come by. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a tough one. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Yeah, it's, I guess it is, too, because in my own opinion, to be a chef, too, like, you have to have that creative balance while you're working, right? Because if you don't have, you just work a regular 9 to 5 in a factory, you'd probably go crazy, right? Yeah. So, but it's, uh, it's, it's tough, too, right, in the industry. It's, um, a lot of people don't understand what, uh, what we do. It's I, it's crazy how people don't actually respect an industry like they respect any other industry. If you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah, it is totally. You I, know, we're probably the the most underpaid profession out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you can hang on cooking and work your way up to becoming a head chef, then make a decent wage. It's all right, but you know the the fifteen twenty years it takes to get there. Uh, you know, making minimum wage and, and uh, you know, working for free to get ahead and coming in early to get ahead. Uh, stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't want to do that anymore. People don't want to work for, for, you know, minimum wage and work hard for minimum wage. Well, it's uh, hard too, right? Like when, when you have, it's hard too, like when the government keeps raising the minimum wage up and you can't, you're suddenly paying your dishwasher the same amount of money you're paying your line cook. I mean, yeah, that's definitely been a challenge over the last, you know, five, six years for sure. Well, since, yeah, I'd say about seven years, right? Because what's the minimum wage right now? 15 and change? Yeah, I think it's 15.50. Yeah, and it's going back up again, I think in a couple of years or next year. It's going back up to 16. Yeah. Yeah. You know, five years ago, five years ago, fifteen dollars was a, a decent wage if you're working in a kitchen, and now, you know, now people are making, you know, twenty to twenty-four bucks an hour as a line cook. Yeah. And you know, 
with the with the workforce that's out there right now, you almost have to pay those wages to get any staff because you know the good people are going to go where the money where the money's at. So yeah, if you can't if you can't compete with that, then then you're kind of stuck. Yeah, it's 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 hard to when you when you yeah it's when you have people. Like, you got kids, you're hiring kids, like I said, the same as your dishwasher, and like, okay, well, I can offer you this, and they're like, well, I'll just end up washing, I'll just wash dishes for less money and work less, right? Like, Exactly. Why would I do this job and work my ass off when I could have this easy job for the same amount of money? Yeah. And that's the way people are looking at it now, so. Yeah, it's been like that for yeah. a couple of years, though. And I think that, you know, maybe the difference is that, uh, you know, when we were, or you know when I was 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 uh, growing up in the industry, you know I was more working hard for that goal to become a chef, or you know putting in the time and the work to to get me to the next next level. And I think the problem with uh, people today is they're not thinking about the future; they're thinking about now, and that's you know the way our society is. They want everything now, instant gratification now, um, so they're not really you know, thinking ahead or, or trying to put that work in to get them, to get them ahead, uh, to get them to the next level. They think they should be, um, almost like getting paid. Yeah. Almost like gifted it too. Right. Like even like, even apprentices now too, like I had a couple of apprentices in my career and it's, it's hard to explain to them like, Hey, listen, like, you know, like when I was growing up in the industry and same with you, like we used to show up early before three o'clock and do the mise en place because if it wasn't done in the time frame that they gave it to you then you're screwed right oh yeah i used to i used to come in an hour early at least every day just to make sure i wasn't in the shit i didn't want to get yelled at yeah i wanted to, I wanted to make sure i was set up and uh you know and then i kind of learned that's how that's how i kind of got ahead i would come in early do my thing come in on my day off learn some <laughs> extra things and, and that's what got me ahead and that's how that's how I became a sous chef at a, you know, at a Relais Chateau when I was 24 years old. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and also too, like, but you don't even see that in the, in the uh, industry anymore right now. People showing up early, yeah. wanting to learn. Like that's the thing too. Like if the pat, if the chicken liver pate is not ready for four o'clock, you know, it's all on you, right? But it's not like that now. It's you have to allot that time. They don't. There's no drive to in young cooks want to show up early because they just look at it right now they're not getting paid so why am I going to bother doing it exactly but it's it's crazy it's it's nuts and the industry's changed so much in the past 10 years like I remember you know having pneumonia and walking around with a bottle of Buckley's in my back pocket because there's no no one there to work and now people just call in sick they just don't you know there's no drive right well, yeah, I got a story for you. The other day, I had a, a dishwasher of mine. He's 14, 15 years old, just a young kid. His first job. And he's, uh, you know, he's only worked with us for a couple months. He hasn't worked very many shifts. But anyway, so, you know, it's a slow day. He's doing dishes. We're trying to, trying to get him going and get him moving. Get his hands out of his pockets and stop playing with his phone. So I sent him downstairs to... Uh, to break down the boxes. He said, you know how to break down the boxes? Yeah, yeah, I've done it before. Okay, so he's breaking down the boxes, and I walked by again, and I showed him, you know, he's like, 
breaking down a box one at a time, taking it outside. And I said, no, I just break down all the boxes. And, and once they're all broken down, then take them all out at the same time. Okay, okay, I'll do that. Then I walked away and I came back and I looked and the kid's sitting on the floor breaking down the boxes. <laughs> and I said, I said, dude, rule number one in the kitchen, man, you don't sit down while you're working. I said, what's wrong? Are you tired? He's like, yeah, I'm tired. I said, why are you tired? Were you up all night? Like, you know, were you doing this? Were you doing that? I won't say what I said to him, but, but uh, he said, no, I'm just tired. And then I just like shook my head and I, and I, and I just thought about, you know, when I was a young guy, maybe, you know, 15, 16 years old, I remember, uh, you know, going out to parties and getting home at 7 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, <laughs> out drinking all night, doing whatever, and then go home, sleep for a couple hours, have a cold shower and go to work. And, you know, I never even said I was tired. I just went, did my thing, and, you know, I'd go in the walk-in and, you know, put my head down when no one was looking. and take a little rest but man those days those days were rough but you know I was never sitting down and on the floor doing my job because I was too tired but you know it just blows my mind but I don't know I'm a different breed I guess no I think I think we're all like a different breed too like you know for the past like almost three years um, I've been a head chef at this restaurant and working 12 13 hours a day in the summer and it's like and i look at the kids in the back and they're like can i, can I have a break i'm like what i just power dragged a whole cigarette in two minutes and then went back to work haven't eaten anything all day i actually sit down to eat when i get home and you're just standing up all day like and that's the thing i look at the kids like I, I right now it's like they don't have that same ambition but I think that's gone long gone long time ago yeah the world has changed a lot in the last 20 years too so I think there's a lot of a lot of factors at play there yeah for sure like what do you mean well you know cell phones for one yeah you know, when we were kids we didn't have cell phones no you know, we used to play video games a little bit, but when I was a kid, I was just outside playing all day, going hard, playing hockey, playing lacrosse, playing hide-and-go-seek, playing whatever. You know, we'd be out playing till it was dark. Yeah. And, you know, I can't even get my kids to go outside most days. Oh, really? You know. Do they all have their own cell phones and everything, yeah? Oh, no, 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 my kids are young. We don't, they don't even watch much TV. Yeah. So they're good in that sense. Like they play and stuff, but it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just a different world. It's a different culture than it was. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of, uh, the media devices too right now have a lot to do with it too. Everyone's either looking at a phone or whatnot too, but it's hard to get away from that too, because it just gets ingrained into the culture to do that. Right. It's just the instant, instant gratification all the time the instant you know pleasure people are used to always having that that dopamine fix from your phone or for whatever you know yeah it's, I don't know what I'm trying to say no I get it I, I totally get what you're trying to say I think oh there's pimento crying um I told you it's it's weird and that's the thing too like I worked in one place and I tried to sit there and do the whole uh 
no uh, no cell phone thing put on the box, but you can't even do that. Yeah, I just gave up on that. No, oh, did you try it though or no? Oh yeah, I tried it. I, you know, no cell phone rule. We put we put postings up all over the kitchen. Then we said no, you know, no cell phones on the line while you're working. I've taken cell phones away from people, but people are addicted to it. It's it's a dopamine. It's like it's like a fucking drug. It's like crack cocaine. Yeah, it's true. Because everyone's everyone's got one right too. Like I have one right now. And you do too, right? So, but that's yeah, the I thing. I catch too. myself too. Yeah, I catch and... myself looking at my phone like ten times in a row. Like I don't even know why I'm looking at it. It's just yeah. that instant dopamine fix. Yeah, well, there's but also. I guess, you know, when we were when we were working in the kitchen, we got our dopamine fix from something else. We'd be smoking dope outside outside of the dumpster. That's it. And then we come come back in. I remember when I was a dishwasher at one of my first jobs, the guys would take out the garbage and we'd go outside and smoke a joint and have a beer. And then <laughs> we'd come back inside and I tell you, I'd clean that dish pit like I never cleaned before. The music would be cranked and I'd be high as fuck and just scrubbing. But, uh, you know, that's not really, that's not really safe. You shouldn't be doing that. But. No, you can't anymore. Um, I usually, uh, I have a, and, like, you'd be drinking beer online while you're cleaning the line and stuff like that, too, right? But even... Oh, yeah, totally. I took that out of my, uh... Out of my regimen probably... 12 years ago. Like, I don't I don't even have a drink until I'm punched out. Which, yeah, that's good, man. I used to, you know, when I was... When I got my first head chef job, I was still drinking. I don't drink anymore. I've been sober for, like, almost five years now, but... Congrats, dude. I would never really, thanks, man. I would never really drink during the day and stuff. And you know, I was a, I'm an alcoholic. I'll admit it. But I would always wait till like the last order came in, and I'd maybe have a beer while we were putting up the last table, and then have a few beers while I was doing the ordering. But uh, I never really drank all day at work. But I worked with some guys that would just drink all day and have alcohol stashed around the kitchen. Oh really? But that's scary. That's scary, man. Yeah, I, I know a guy like that actually. Um, he used to stash his alcohol everywhere around the kitchen. Um, he was drinking uh, kitchen sherry. So I would sit there and do the order, twelve bottles in the case kitchen sherry, and he'd be using it for the line. But he'd take one bottle and put it in his bag, and sit there and drink it in the bathroom while he's fucking crunching his shit. I had a buddy who used to just drink the cooking wine. We had a bottle of like the cheap, crappy cooking wine that we used for cooking or just like, you know, deglazing the pans. And he would just drink that casually throughout the day. That's crazy. I remember the chef, remember the chef put a, a, like a seafood pasta with a vodka sauce on the menu. That was a bad idea because Buddy was just hammered all the time. <laughs> How long was the menu on for? What's that? How long was the menu on for? sure this was uh this was after I, after i worked with you at the millcroft so this was uh i'm not sure yeah that's maybe crazy. a month or so until the chef figured out that buddy was drinking all the vodka so i think you had to change it that's nuts so what else keeps you busy other than uh cooking and the kids and whatnot what else do you do trying to get back into playing lacrosse I used to play when I was a kid so about five years ago I found like a uh, it's like a master's league like a men's league a beer league I guess yeah like a non-contact league so 
just trying to, you know, that's the one thing I like to do to get my exercise. Um, you know, it's really, I think it's really important to, you know, try to stay healthy, especially when you're, when you're slaving away in the kitchen all day, because, uh, you know, it's really bad for your health and all the stress and everything too. So you gotta, you gotta take time to do things for yourself. And, and, you know, it took me a long time to, to realize that. But once I started doing that and doing more things for myself, it was really, uh, really good for my mental health. Yeah. So I try to, you know, play lacrosse one day a week. That's where I get my exercise. Uh, I like to play pool. I joined a pool league a few years ago. How's that going? Uh, pretty good. Nice. Pretty good. I haven't played in a year. Um, you know, the new job I started last year is, is a lot, a lot of late nights. So I wasn't able to play in the league anymore, but, uh, but it was really cool. It's something I always wanted to do. So I think I'll get back into it when the time comes again. And, uh, you know, playing music, I try to find time to play music. I go on and off in spurts. And as you know, right now I'm, I'm trying to get back into it and, and, uh, been going up to a couple open mic nights and trying to get out there again. Cause I kind of put it to the side for about 10, 15 years. So did you, know, you keep all your gear? What's that? Did you keep all your gear? Yeah, I got I got everything. I so I got my drum kit set up in the kids' playroom there. Yeah. I got I got uh, I got all my gear and then some. I've been I've been collecting over the years. I think I have six guitars now. You still have that blue one from back in the day? Yep. Yeah, I still have that one. I almost gave it away actually, but I still have that one. I got that one. That's like my upstairs guitar. Then I got another acoustic down here. Yeah. And. In my room, I got a little kind of recording studio area set up. Right. Um, I just gotta make the time to to make use of it. I got everything set up. I just gotta make the time to to play and start creating again. Yeah, you're always good at uh, playing guitar. I remember when you bought that blue guitar too. You bought it, uh, Aaron, didn't you? Yeah, that was an impulse buy on the way. Yeah. We were driving home from school that one day. First year of uh, Humber. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that crazy. Yeah, yeah, I still got that one. She still, I still play it every once in a while. Did I ever ask you in the car accident or going to school? I'm not sure. Who were we? the car accident? Yeah, I was in the van. Was it? Was I driving or were you driving? You were driving. And then oh, okay. We, then we got down to school and we were late. And we got in that car accident we are still picking glass out of our pockets. Remember that? Oh yeah, I think I better remember that. Then I, we had like a rental car. Yeah, it was like, it was se- September 11th. Then I had a rental car, then my, I think my sister got into an accident with a rental car. Or there was like a, another accident with a rental car or something crazy. That was a van with no reverse. Yeah. <laughs> so I drove that van for like two or three years I had no reverse and a massive oil leak we had to like park in strategic parking spots we didn't have to back out of fuck and remember we walked into the walked into school and uh we're like we're trying to cause you couldn't be late for culinary school right okay. um and then we tried to sit there and say we're in a car accident that wasn't good enough for them remember that yeah we had we had a pretty uh, bad class a bunch of stoners that was hilarious, though. Yeah, yeah that van, I, I forgot that van didn't have reverse on it. 
was crazy. That was a Dodge, wasn't it? A Dodge, uh... Yeah, Dodge Caravan. Dodge Caravan blue, I, wasn't it? I think one of the yeah. I think one of the doors didn't open either, too. Yeah, it was a sliding so like, door. Yeah, to go in through the other side, and I think I poured like four liters of oil in it a week because it had a massive oil leak. <laughs> oh well, oh well, it got us there. Oh yeah, I know. It was just hilarious. I just remembered that. So you're doing a bunch of open mic nights too, yeah? Yeah, I just, I just. Uh, played a couple a couple weeks ago so I played two and I'm going to do another one tomorrow night and uh, invited some family and friends to come out so nice it should be pretty fun yeah. I'm excited and nervous but it'll be fun did you invite the girls out? no no oh, they'll be in bed it's past their bedtime oh you should do one at like at noon or like one o'clock on a Sunday and invite them out oh yeah we, I do jam sessions with my kids we haven't done one in a while but yeah. I'll throw on a, I'll throw on like a drum beat. I got like the uh, garage band on my computer. I got that hooked up to an app. I'll get a drum beat going and then I'll play like bass or guitar and then set up the microphone and then all my my girls will take turns like just singing and freestyling, which is kind of fun. We do that for a little bit. Yeah. It's wicked though. It's totally cool. Yeah, do you have any dogs and cats fun. or anything or no? What's that? Do you have any dogs or cats? Yeah, I got a dog. His name's Odin. Yeah. He is, uh, I think he's like 11 years old now. What was an old guy? Dog. Right on. So do you, uh, do you have many apprentices at your place right now or no? Uh, no apprentices currently. No, we have no apprentices. Yeah. No, I, I haven't really had an apprentice in a while. I don't. I don't really see people really doing apprenticeship like we did. Well, they just people kind of, they just took it out too, eh? The oh, Ontario, really? yeah, the Ontario School Board. You can thank Doug Ford for that one. He uh, took out the apprenticeship program. So if you want to do an apprenticeship, you can skip grade twelve and do an apprenticeship program now. So you don't even have to finish high school. And well, I think it's it's like a high school credit. But if you want to do an apprenticeship, you have to do it in grade 11 so you don't even go to grade 12 anymore because when we went to school like we we went uh, like part-time two days a week and our two days off and I don't, I don't think school costs us anything i think it was like 600 bucks a year no i think it was like That's five great. five or six the first year was free and then they started charging us yeah they started charging the second year and everyone was pissed people wanted to drop out <laughs> free education fuck it we were so cheap, we didn't even have a locker. We just we got changed in the parking lot. A bunch of dudes getting changed in the parking lot. Uh, cool, because the lockers were like 20 bucks a month. Insane. Remember there, remember there was that strip club by, by our school, too? We always hit that up on the way home. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. that was... I remember at one point. At one point, the trunk of my car was filled with posters from all the features. <laughs> you still have those posters? No, I don't think so. No, okay. We chef. Remember that? Remember that time? I think I don't think it was the, the strip club in school, but we went to one closer to home, maybe. And I said something about the girl on stage, and she heard me, and she pulled me up and took my belt off. You remember that? Yeah, she took her she pants went, off and started whipping me in the ass. She, yeah, she whipped me so hard, my ass was like black and blue. <laughs> that was a that was a dirty that was a dirty strip club. I think was where was where was that? That was um, 
want to say it was called like the, the Sword and Shield or something like oh, that. Oh, in Brampton. Beside Hooters. Yeah, it was beside Hooters. Yeah. It was on the major egg. It's still there. Crazy. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, I, I do remember that. Remember going to the uh, bar caps and just getting, <laughs> getting juice before class? It was uh, $2 rum and Cokes on Tuesdays. I remember we had computer class after lunch and guys would be falling asleep. <laughs> And uh, the teacher complained that we all smelled like alcohol. And then the, the dean of culinary came in and gave us a big lecture about how we're not supposed to drink at lunchtime. Yeah. Meanwhile, his face is redder than a tomato. <laughs> hey, come on, man. It's amazing that we even made it through school. Oh, it's amazing that we actually just made it. How does that sound? I look back on the stuff I did in my life. I'm like, uh, I shouldn't be here right now. Crazy. It's crazy. It's amazing that I made it to work most mornings. And yeah. working those breakfast shifts after staying up all night partying. Yeah, we're at the mill. But, yeah, man, but I tell you, I always made it to work. Yeah. No matter how fucked up I was, I always made it in. And that's the thing with the industry too. It's like it's it's not hard to fall into that either, right? That's where cool. where you can sit there and party till five o'clock in the morning and then wake up at seven and put out a lunch buffet. Or sorry, breakfast buffet, I should say. Yeah, I feel like people don't do that anymore. I feel like people, I don't think drinking is as as it's as popular as it was now. I think drinking's on the decline. People are a lot more health conscious now. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people too are thinking about their health too and being like being more, uh, like you said, self-conscious and even meditating too. Like you meditate all the time, don't you? Oh, totally, yeah. That's, uh, that was a huge help to help me like overcome my anxiety and stress. So that's another thing. Like as a chef, we're taught to you know, worry all the time and worry about everything that's going to go wrong and this is going to go wrong and this is going to go wrong and try to, you know, think about the problems before they happen. But, you know, doing that my whole life, I trained myself to be fucking stressed out about everything and always focusing on the negative to the point where I was waking up in the middle of the night and having panic attacks and waking up in the morning and having panic attacks. And the one morning I woke up and I said, this is fucked. Yeah. I can't live like this anymore. You know, that was, that was, you know, only recently, that was, uh, you know, like four years ago. Yeah. So I, I, I wanted to do something about it, so I decided to go see, like, a therapist, and and at this point, I was already, I had already been in meditation classes, so I'd already had a couple of years of meditation practice under my belt, but, but uh, you know, I went and saw a therapist, and she, she gave me some some pointers and some different meditation practices to do and then I just started doing that every day and and uh, just doing little things and then a couple of years later and here I am today I have pretty much no anxiety no stress you know still a little bit of stress and anxiety but nothing compared to like before before it would be on scale of 1 to 10 was a 10 and now I'm probably at a 1 you yeah. know just great on my days off I don't think about work uh, to the point where I'm I'm getting stressed out about it. I just tell myself, you know, I'll think about work when I'm at work. When I'm driving to work, if I start getting stressed out, I just tell myself to relax. I'll worry about it when I get there because there's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. But uh, but it's just crazy because that's you know the way that the way that I was 
that I was trained or the way that I trained myself to think. So I kind of had to retrain my brain. But, but uh, you know, it just shows that if change is possible, our brains can change. You know, even if you're 30, 40 years old, it's not too late to, to change. No, that's the thing, too, is like, even like in the industry, too, like it's just ingrained in our heads. Like if you're, if you had a day off, you were to worry about the restaurant. Like it's going to burn down. You should be worrying. And then it doesn't really help with phones because then you're constantly checking in with your staff what's going on and what's going on. And it's like, yeah. you can't fucking live like that, man. Like, no. I, I had the a day, pain. The day, I, the day I learned to let that go was a good day. You know what? Because if you're not there, there's nothing you can do about it. If you're, if you're that worried about it, then just work fucking seven days a week and never take a day off. But, uh, you know, people need to learn how to make decisions on their own and they're going to make mistakes. And if you don't make mistakes, you don't learn. And that, that's the hard, that, that was a really hard lesson for me to learn was to kind of let that go and, and you know, let people kind of figure it out for themselves, try to give them the tools they, they, they need to do that. But, uh, you know, I can't do everything myself. I can't be there doing everything myself. And if I'm doing everything myself, then no one else is learning. Yeah. So... Yeah, you have to learn to let it go a little bit, and shit's gonna happen. You know, someone's gonna, if someone's learning how to butcher fish, they're gonna fuck up the first five fish, and it's gonna look like shit. It's all gonna be hacked up, and you know, there's money in the garbage and time wasted. But if you don't go through that that process of learning, then then you know, your staff are never gonna learn how to do it. Yeah, you know, I worked with a I worked with a chef that did all the butchery himself, and he never let anyone do anything. And then, you know, when I, when I became a chef, I realized why. Uh, because, you know, if you, let a guy, if you give a guy, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of meat, meat or fish to butcher, and they fuck it all up, that's a lot of money gone. But then if, at the same time, if you don't take the time to, to show them and train them and go through the, the growing pains, then they're never going to learn, and you're going to be stuck doing, doing it yourself all the time. And I don't want to be stuck there doing everything myself, so... Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, I know. It's like it's like last summer too. Like uh, when I was working, I still working a lot. We were like busy, busy, busy. Fuck, I was like thirteen hours one day, twelve one day, ten one day, thirteen the other day. And the last fucking day, dude, I'm not gonna lie to you. Came home, cracked a beer, lit a cigarette like I usually do. I really don't do that too much anymore. But at that time when when shit was in the fan, I was like, fuck it. Finished that beer, and I just started crying my eyes out, saying, fuck, I have to do another 10 hour there. And there's nothing there, because it's so fucking busy, and you don't have the staff to do it. And I fucking yeah, it's like, sat like there, and I cried, my, I cried in my hands for fucking 15 minutes on the back deck at 12.30 at night. And I just look up, like, well, that's when I realized, too, Looked up, I'm like, fuck, you know what, no one else is going to, like, fuck it, I'm not there, I'm not there. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's like that feeling where you're fucking, like, drowning. Yeah. And you you can't, there's nothing you can do, you're just going down, man. I remember I used to get home from days like you described, and I I would go sit in my garage by myself, smoke, like, five cigarettes in a row, and drink a beer, smoke a joint, and just sit there quiet, and just try to 
unwind or I don't know what I was doing processing everything that happened trying to unwind trying to calm my nerves yeah. but man it's hard it's hard to get to that point too like when you sit there and realize you're like what the fuck why am I like this and you're like oh wait a minute it's the fucking job I do for a living right the job that you used to love to do now you're coming home worrying about the fucking next day you know and when I started cooking the kitchen was it was like being in the military you know the chef was the fucking drill sergeant and everyone else was the troops and you just you just did did whatever you needed to do so it's a very uh, you know toxic environment but uh, you know that's totally changed now we're kind of the kitchen's kind of in line with labor laws people have to get paid for the hours that they work and stuff and you know you can't take advantage of people and make them work 12 hours a day and only pay them eight hours mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, and we just oh. we just accepted it that's just the way it was we didn't know any different but that's the thing but, too and I look at it like that too and I have this conversation with one of my buddies too um, it's I'm sort of sad that's gone right now because I think it made me into a better person and it made me into a better chef. But also, too, like, it also fucks with your brain, too, right? So. Yeah, it definitely makes you a lot harder. You can say that, uh, you know, you're, that'll make you hard as fuck compared to, yeah, being a little <laughs> pussy. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> I was like, very cool. Um, but that's what I mean. Is like if if I wasn't trained like that, I don't think I would have the work desire to wanted to do to want to do a good job. Than if I wasn't treated like that, like I I swear to God, you can make chicken. You yourself can probably make chicken liver p- uh, pate with your eyes closed without even looking at a recipe right now. Because you made it, what, 5, 10, 15, 50 times with the fucking milk craft yeah. You know what I mean? I don't even have to, I don't even have to look at it. I've made it so many goddamn times. I can tell you when the reduction's done, when it's stickier than a fucking jar of molasses, that's when you take it off the stove, and that's when you strain it, and da 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 You know, you clarify your butter. Like, I can tell you step by step, and it's like, I had one 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 apprentice uh, last year. He looked at me. He's like, "You're not even looking at a book." I'm like, I'm like, because I made this fucking thing fifty five times when I was your age. Yeah, man, still making it. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Lunchtime menu or dinner time? Uh, it's, it's one of the snacks on our menu right now. Oh, that's good. Cool. What's the surge with? Uh, right now we're serving it with, um, like a dried fruit compote. Okay, cool. And, uh, just like a a variety of house pickled vegetables. Do you guys pickle your own, uh, veggies, yeah? Yep. Nice. And I think right now we're serving it with, uh, pickled crones. We got a bunch of crones, uh, from one of the local farmers in the winter. Nice. And, uh, you have crones that look like little tiny butt plugs. Yeah, man. And uh, like pickled <laughs> mushrooms and pickled onions. Yeah. And 
just like some grilled sourdough. We just serve it in a little glass jar with clarified butter on top. Oh, the sourdough? A little bit of salt. Or the pate. Yeah, we serve the pate in a little jar with uh, just a little cap it with a little bit of clarified butter to keep the air out so it'll last it'll last longer and stay nice and pink. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Have you uh, have you sous vide? Have you gone into that yet or no? Yeah, I was really big into that uh, a while ago and then kind of got out of it. Uh, we don't do a lot of sous vide now. I think it was really popular, I don't know, like 10 years ago. Yeah, like seven years ago. 15 years ago. Yeah. And uh, kind of got out of it. And honestly, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of sous vide cooking anymore. Like, you know, you take a piece of protein like a chicken breast or or a piece of red meat or whatever, and you sous vide it ahead of time, and then you chill it down, and then you re- then you reheat it for service. Like, let's say a chicken breast, for example. I find uh, it almost makes it a little bit... Rubbery? Tough, like it changes, changes the texture a little bit. Yeah. But if you're, if you're doing, like, sous vide stuff, like, to order, I, you know, I got... Uh, you know, a couple of people that I work with, not in the restaurant, but in other areas of the of the establishment, telling me that they're people are people have sous vide machines at home now. Mm-hmm. I had uh, a buddy of mine went for dinner the other day uh, at his girlfriend's house. His first time he met his girlfriend's dad, and he made sous vide steaks for dinner. Like he sous vide these steaks, took them out, still hot, finished them on the grill or in the pan or whatever. And that just blows my mind that people are doing that shit at home. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, um, it's crazy how far uh, people are like extending their cooking experiences at home. Um, there's, uh, I know a lot of people use CVs at home too. Like the only thing I use CV for is, and to be honest with you, is pate. Um, I put it in like little mason jars. And I put it in the bain-marie. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, I mean it's fucking dynamite, dude. You gotta try it. And it comes out pink like all the time, like. But you know how CV works, like the temperature doesn't change. And I do creme brulee in it too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, do like yeah. You, you can do 60, 65, or 60 at one time in little mason jars. And they're not overcooked. But if you do them in the oven, there's a chance of them overcooking if you forget to fucking turn the pan every 15 minutes or whatever. It's like a no safe. The good thing I like about sous vide is kind of made an idiot proof. You just set the time and the temperature. So as long as you take it up, put an ice bath, the or... same. Mm-hmm. It's consistent. But then you know, I worked at one place where we, you know, we sous vide two hundred chicken breasts a week, and then you're paying someone to stand there backpacking all day. Yeah, that's and then crazy. Place of all the backpack bags <clears> and that shit too. That's nuts. But yeah, I don't sous vide protein. I sous vide like pate and like even like um. Like I said, like uh, mousse and creme brulee and stuff like that. It works really well like that. That's cool. Yeah, man. And it, something cool I learned, I just learned recently, because the place I'm working at now, we got rationale ovens. Holy and, shit, uh, you guys have cars in the kitchen? Yeah, we got two of them. Holy Christ, and what's that, 100, 150000 each? Oh, uh, I don't even know. That's nuts. They would, they're, they're, they're expensive, though, but, uh, but uh, a guy I work with, Actually, he worked at a place in Australia, a really nice restaurant, and he showed me that you can sous vide in the rationale oven. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how does that work? But uh, you set it on the seam setting, and you put your proteins in, whatever you're doing, 
and set your temperature and then you, you stick the probe in one of the pieces of meat and then when it comes up to the internal temperature that you set it at it turns off and that's beautiful you don't have to set up the water bath um, really eh? Yeah, crazy. Oh, you just blew my mind there for right. Yeah, it's fucking yeah, nuts. I, I had no idea. So I guess we do sous vide a little bit. We just don't do it in the water bath method. And even yeah. like vegetables and stuff, we just put them in on the steam setting. I had this other guy. Uh, we had this dish in our menu last year. It was like a like a deconstructed deviled egg sort of dip thing. And uh, this kid was like, why don't we just, instead of boiling the eggs, why don't we just do them in the oven? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Do them in the oven. <laughs> And there's a there's an actual hard boiled egg setting on the oven, on the Rationale oven. So you put the eggs in in a hotel pan or whatever. You just click the preset and boom, perfect hard boiled eggs. Fuck off. I got okay, That's crazy, man. I've only I've only used one of those. Uh, I think it's when I worked at Hockley Valley. Um, I only used them. Fuck, I don't know, maybe for a year couple of times I haven't really had much experience with them but I think it's 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 good like if you're in like a big hotel or a golf course whatever too but I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't even I don't even know like I, I don't even know half of what the, what those things can do uh, it's crazy big hotels they use them for functions I guess you can pre-plate stuff put it in there Set it. Set it, forget it, keep it at one food. temperature, that's it. Cooks it, holds it. You know. But that takes all the fun out of it out of actually learning how to cook. Things to order. Yeah. Do you do a lot of stuff to order at your place, yeah? Oh yeah. 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 I mean like I'm I'm talking about like, you know, plating up a function as as opposed to having everything pre pre plated in a fucking oven so you just pull it out and pull the lid off and put the sauce on. That's I would much good. rather, you know, plate it fresh. Yeah. Well, it makes sense to you, right? Like, but also, I don't, I don't do functions of thousands of people, so you know, yeah, I do, I do smaller functions. So, how many, how many guys got your staff? Uh, we got a pretty small team. The place I work right now is only open five days a week, which is really nice. I've, I've, that's one of the things that I've dreamed of my whole life is just have a fucking kitchen that's only open for five days a week. You only need, you, you need less staff. The team all work the same days. So it's not like, oh, I'm working with this guy today or this guy's off today. We're all there the same days. We all have the same days off. So it's like a, like banker's hours in that sort of way, but minus the hours. Yeah. But, uh, but it's good, man. We got a small team. Uh, we got maybe, it was myself, one sous chef, and, you know, at, at peak season, we have, like, another eight cooks in the kitchen, four dishwashers, so I'm not a small team. You know, my, my first head chef job, I had, at the peak season, 25 staff in the kitchen. That's crazy. At this place. Yeah, that was crazy. In the summer, and then in the winter, we'd go down to, you know, eight or ten. And, you know, that's always a challenge, too, because our, our, most restaurants are so seasonal. So you fight so hard to get staff in the summertime, and then you lay everyone off in the winter. Then, you know, the next summer you got to start all over again, hire people again. And, uh, you know, it's hard because you just keep having that turnover. Yeah. You're starting over every year. 
No, it's, and that's the thing too, is like, it's, um, the grind gets you too, right? Like I took a step back in my career two weeks ago. I was the head chef at a restaurant and I just couldn't do it anymore. It's like managing the front, managing the kitchen, just couldn't do it. And like, I'm, so I just took a job as a sous chef. No difference really in money, to be honest with you. More time off, more of a balance too, because the guy I'm working with, like, it's like a, there's balance, you know what I mean? Where like we can rotate weekends off, we can rotate Sundays off, you know what I mean? If I need to take a Saturday night off, you know, no one's going to shoot me in the head, right? Or sit there and... I've thought, about, I've thought about doing that before too, but you know, knowing my luck, I would take a sous chef job and the head chef would be a fucking lazy piece of shit that's never there and then you just end up working double yeah. and doing fucking more. But uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to you. No, no, we're the the chef and I are pretty good friends. Like we've been, um, to be honest with you, I love to uh, to go next door, and then uh, we've been talking and stuff like that. We were like events together in in Alora and stuff like that. It's just it works out. Like it's it's you know I I was at that place for three years, and you know in my own opinion, I think I've served my time there. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Where it's like you know you just want to leave nicely instead of like june august and middle of saturday night you're like fuck this and you just walk out like you know what i mean like yeah, that's not cool no so you gotta do it to do it the nice way the way uh the way everything should be done but uh other than that man uh i can't believe we've been talking for 49 minutes and 47 seconds sweet that's fucking wicked thanks for doing that say pal Yeah, cool, man. All right.